This is According to Kalos on a dark and stormy evening in McKinney, Texas. And I must say, welcome, welcome. This is episode 207, simply titled, Give the People What They Want. You know, I'm concerned with the obvious things that are going on that are driving legitimate outcry. My concern is, is that when they're obvious, they must be hiding something else. There must be something else that they serve to be the distraction from. I don't know what that is. And let me get started by saying... No, I'm not talking about all the Q stuff. I, I know people that are adamant that there's good stuff there. I know other people that have dismissed, dismissed it outright. I know other people that think that it's a mishmash of multiple people. I <clears throat> I don't have a f- firm opinion one way or the other. I early on found, found it mildly amusing and somewhat interesting when it predicted things that actually occurred that they could claim that it predicted. But after a while, it seemed to me to be more distraction than useful. Indeed, one of the other commentators that I follow basically referenced that the whole purpose that it likely served was to keep giving people hope all the while the options were being eliminated. Kept wishing that Trump or some mystery person was going to step out of the shadows and save us all. And that didn't happen. And I really, I don't understand why anybody would be surprised by that. Now that being said, do I think there are maybe warring factions within the government? Sure. Do I think there are disgruntled employees? Absolutely. Do I think this would be tolerated if it were real? Man, I have my doubts. I really do. So we're, we're all chasing stuff around, looking for things. And when I say we're all, I mean the people that follow this. And I can't help but think to myself, is it that we're that desperate? We're that so disgusted with the way things are that we're that disappointed that we have to grasp every straw, every possibility of something good. And the answer I'm beginning to think is, well, yes, of course. And that's what the people want. They want to believe that there's hope. They want to believe there's a way out. They want to believe there's some magic potion or some magic individual that's going to jump out. And keep in mind, I'm saying magic purely in the um, metaphorical sense, right? I don't believe there's any one person that's going to rescue us. I don't believe that there's any one... um, organization that's going to step out of the shadows and rescue America. That being said, if you're talking about the realm of salvation, that's another story altogether. See one of my other podcast episodes where I reference that salvation only comes through one and his name is Jesus Christ. But that being said, let's focus on the issue at hand, distraction. So I'm still not convinced that we actually got what we wanted. They gave the people what they wanted in a 
basically a four-way race for governor. In that four-way race, does anybody really believe that Governor Abbott got north of 65%? North of 60%? Boy, I find it very hard to believe that. Now, I know there are a lot of what we would call uneducated voters or uninformed individuals that literally thought they had to vote for Abbott if you wanted to beat Beto. Okay, fine. Maybe that counts for 10% of the electorate. I don't know. I could see putting them up to 55 or 56%. But I but I wonder was the whole horse race just part of the distraction, giving the people what they want. The people wanted to have options better than Abbott. The same man that violated the Constitution 14 different times as properly pointed out by the Five Star Plan book, right? Robert West detailed all that. You should go read his book if you want to go through it. I'd have no time for that right now. The reality is that Greg Abbott conserved nothing and is not a good liberty Defender. Now, he might be an excellent Republican in some people's estimations, but if that's the only measure of a man, what are we, what are we dealing with? I, I'm sorry. We can do better than that. We had one excellent candidate, in my opinion. We had one really good candidate, and we had one very entertaining candidate, and a couple other people. And you mean to tell me between the three of them, they couldn't break 35%? I find that extremely hard to believe. Extremely hard to believe. But we were given the illusion. (laughs) We were given the distraction, excuse me, that it was going to make a difference. Now, I'm, I'm really am not a big fan of unsupported conspiracy theory, so I'm going to avoid that. But I am going to suggest to you that maybe, just maybe, somebody's thumb was on the scale. And maybe more than one somebody. When it becomes a degree of separation between a full-on socialist and a lesser socialist, is that really much of a choice? Do you really believe that the Republican primary is controlled by the Republican grassroots? The answer is simply not. Between the fact that we don't have a closed primary and that we have most of our larger cities run by people that have zero interest in protecting Texas, there's no surprise here. The outcome, extremely disappointing, but again, they gave the people what they wanted. They gave them a race. Speaking of race, I'm still trying to wrap my head around a Lieutenant Dan actually got a higher percentage of voters than Uncle Abbott, but that is for another day. Again, they gave the people what they wanted, what we wanted, a race. And they let us <laughs> get so far only to pull the rug out from underneath us. That's pretty cool thunder there. I, I'm not I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. What's done is done. We'll do what we always have to do. Pull the lever for the lesser of two evils, knowing full well that we're still getting evil. And speaking of 
giving the people what they want. Do you think that it's a coincidence that all these school districts have all the obscene materials in them and they were just now finding out about this and that every school district, I mean, some are a little more receptive or agreeable than others, but by and large, just it's not helping. It's not really interested in what we, the people, we, the parents think they see us as an enemy and then they accuse us of hating librarians, teachers, schools, the school district. Well, I'll tell you, as somebody who has openly stated, I think that they should abolish government schools. I also realize that we live in the world where we're going to have government slash public schools. And as such, and I'm having to pay for them, I expect them to be the best form of education possible for those that go there. And... I don't see that happening. I see that my own personal ISD has gone down in the rankings. Meanwhile, we gave our man in charge a hefty raise. How does that work? Do you get paid more to fail? I mean, we can't even hold on to some of our teachers. In fact, we've lost good teachers because, well, you know, we didn't put any effort into keeping them. But, hey, don't worry. We kept that superintendent. Gave him an extra 100 G's just to keep them happy. Again, that's just McKinney ISD. There's a half a dozen ISDs around us that are going through the similar process of basically finding obscene material. Now, and again, I, I've already covered this, but let me just say, I know there were 287 quote unquote offensive books or questionable books or whatever. I'm not interested in debating 287. I'll just stick with the five or six that are clearly obscene that I know of. I don't know their names. I haven't read them. I have zero desire of having any more additional information about it. I couldn't care less what the combination of partners is in there. If it's pornographic and put in front of elementary school students, that's obscene material and it needs to be removed. No, I don't want to ban books. No, I don't want to burn books. No, I, I'm not a Nazi. I'm not a commie. And uh, quite frankly, I believe in more freedom than you do. There are probably six people that I know on my hand that are more hmm, blatantly libertarian than I have ever been that could maybe stake a claim on that being more liberty oriented than I am. And I'd be willing to bet you ain't them. I'd be willing to bet that I have a much higher tolerance level for what I would consider bad things than the average person does. And I'm here to tell you that there is no reason on God's green earth that a sixth grader needs to see some of that stuff or even have it available to be seen. Now, if his parents want to go pervert him like that, fine. Then you call the police on the parents, which is what we used to do. And for those of you that say, well, why don't you call the cops? I'll tell you why. Because they're not going to do anything, especially McKinney. They have zero interest. The mayor has no concern in this. The school district has basically buffaloed the rest of the uh, city council that they don't see any concerns here. Mm, they're basically a rubber stamp for the mayor anyway. So why would we expect the police to follow anything? They're more concerned about, you know, parents being a little upset about the trash than actually dealing with the trash. But then again, what do I know? But again, this is local outrage. It's accomplishing nothing. It's pitting us against each other. Again, 
They're giving us what we want. People want to be able to feel like they're doing something. They want to feel like they're making a difference. Yet you go there and you beat your head against the wall and nothing really changes. In fact, people that you would normally say, oh, well, they're good people. They care about their kids too. They accuse you of all these different things and you're accusing them because now you're upset and we're fighting amongst ourselves, not realizing that they're not our enemy in most cases that we're largely on the same side and we want what's best for our kids. So what is the reason why? I tell you, they're giving us what we want. They're distracting us. What are they distracting us from? I'm not sure yet. I have my suspicions. I've heard rumors. I've had suggestions that there's some various things that are going on or have happened that they don't want us to know about so that they're just stringing this out to keep us all distracted. But nothing that I can prove out just yet so I ask you should we accept what we see now the flip side of the coin is if you're not mad it's because you're not looking you're not paying attention but you have to be very very careful because when you are compelled and motivated by anger by emotions you become ineffective you, you don't pay attention to everything else that's going on around you and you don't think things through and you make mistakes and you create bigger problems for yourself. And in a sense, you're giving them what they want. But the whole purpose of this conversation or monologue, if you will, is to explain how they're giving us what they think we want. They think we want to be able to just go run our mouths and protest But the reality is we want change. We want to fix these things. We want to make a difference. And again, I referenced the previous episode. I told you exactly what you can do to fix the school district if you're really interested in what's going on there. And that goes both ways. No matter where you feel you fall on this particular issue, there are other issues. There are other things. And as a parent, you have a vested interest in what your children or your grandchildren are going to be dealing with in the local school district. And for you to not even care enough to go vote I'm sorry but that's just disappointing but that doesn't mean that there aren't things going on at the city level that are equally disturbing or equally problematic well maybe not obscene material in front of your children but when they're upending the entirety of how the city was planned out or how the city's made up or how it functions that ought to be a concern it's come to my attention that Well, the city of McKinney is determined yet once again, they want to change the zoning from a commercial location to be multifamily apartments, high density building. Hmm. Why might that be? Perhaps because they're concerned that precinct one might not put in another leftist. Hmm. Maybe if we just dump in a few thousand more apartment buildings, we'll permanently wreck, (laughs) wreck being my word, the city of McKinney. We'll turn it full blue. Yeah, maybe that's what the goal is. I don't know. But let me ask you. If your property is near the intersection of two major thoroughfares, do you think the city would benefit or the local people would benefit more from commercial buildings or more apartments? What do you think would attract people and increase the tax revenue, which apparently the city is only concerned about, Apartments or commercial? Which do you think, I don't know, is 
perhaps more desirable to the people that already live there? A massive amount of apartments or commercial? What do you think would be, I don't know, more beneficial to the travelers in the area? Commercial or a massive amount of apartments? I mean, this seems to be very, very easy for me to figure out what I would prefer. But the question is, is, did they ask you? Do they care what you think? Clearly, the city of Plano has wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars in six years to basically tell their constituents that they don't really care what they think about the city. They're going to do what they want to do and the heck with you. And then, of course, they buy off a few people to come on and say, well, you know, we did the best we could and this is the best plan that we've designed. Just think about that for a second. The whole idea behind socialism and Marxism is central planning, right? Yet the city zones out and plans out the entirety of the city before the people even move there. How is that not central planning? Why is it so god-awful important that we tell people where they can live, how they can live, and what kind of house they must be in? Do you think people actually choose to, I don't know, build houses that are subpar? Do you think people actually want to live in tin shacks? I mean, this isn't Rio de Janeiro and we're stuck up on the side of the mountain. Those people don't want that either, but they really don't have a choice. But we do. We have a choice. And, you know, I heard this false claim that, you know, if you go live out in the county, their standards are subpar and you're going to have a lesser of a house than if you build in the city of McKinney. And that's not by anybody on the current administration, mind you. And I'm sorry, but I just don't believe that. If I'm spending, I don't know, $100,000 to put up a building, why would I cut corners? I'm putting my own money in there. I'm taking on debt in some cases to build a building. Why would I cut corners? Why would I want to make it cheap? That doesn't make any sense at all. Now, most of the time, the cities are really only concerned about the facade and some other things and how it looks so you can protect the property values, which really means so that they can get more of your money. Always keep in mind that the local districts you live in really don't care about your house insofar as how much can they extort from you. I mean, tax from you. You ought to keep that in mind when you go to the local elections next time. Who actually is going to let me have my house? And, you know, the convenient thing is, is they've been able to hand most of this off and all the new subdivisions to HOAs. So the HOAs can be their little enforcers for them. The HOAs get to play the bad guy, and the city can just say, well, we didn't didn't have anything to do with that. That's the HOA. You can change your HOA. Uh, Yeah, that's not how that works. You know, I heard the argument that, you know, you can change all your city council members if they vote the way you don't like. Well, yeah, you can until everybody else in the uh, city hierarchy determines that, no, you, uh, Mr. Taxpayer, we don't really care what you and your friends think. You're just a loud minority, and you don't matter. Well, that's the interesting thing about liberty. Liberty is supposed to defend the smallest minority. Liberty is supposed to be concerned about the people that don't have otherwise a voice. And in many cases, that is an individual. That is a person that stands up and says, well, I don't want this. This is not what I designed. And you know, they use the argument, well, you choose to go live in a community that has an HOA. Well, you're right. You do. But sometimes those HOA disclosure forms are worse than, I don't know, buying a car or a house. 19 pages long with a bunch of 
stuff that you'll never ever read in a timely fashion. I mean, you could go pay an attorney to go through it, but realistically, are you going to do that? The rules are written so that you always lose. And the quicker that we realize that, the better off we'll be. Because if you haven't been paying attention, you're not angry. You're not mad. But if you have been paying attention, you've likely been running around for the last, I don't know, years, decades, angry all the time. And quite frankly, probably burned out because you have no idea how to respond to yet the latest outrage. And that's not a way to live either. We can't run through life like zombies and totally checked out from everything that's going on because we're just not that interested or we don't want to know. But on the flip side, you can't be involved in every little thing that happens. You can't be effective as a person. You can't be effective as a family man or family woman. You can't be effective as an employee. And you certainly cannot be an effective activist if every little thing that comes up is the latest outrage that you jump on the bandwagon for and you chase it down and you get it all involved. There's a reason why most candidates only run with three major issues because people were not designed to deal with 15 different things at one time. We can focus on two, three things really well. Some better men and quite frankly, a lot of women can juggle five to 10 things and do it relatively well for some period of time until it eventually catches up with them and burns them out too. But the reality is that you should take one task, get it done one issue and fix it. But what happens when they won't let you fix it? And the next thing comes up, the next thing comes up. They're burning you out by design. They're giving you what you want. A reason to be upset. And when you allow them to manipulate you, you're giving them what they want. So now the larger question is, what can we do? What should we do? What can change this? Well, the simple answer is, if I'm going to, I think I'll uh, borrow the phrase from uh, a dead comedian. It's a big club and you ain't in it. If you don't know who that is, you should go look it up. So Mr. Carlin dealt with a lot of people for an entirely different era that were upset about a lot of different things. But at least he had the foresight to understand that there's very little that we can do about it. So I've talked about this time and time again. You start local. You start with where you're at. Tonight I watched a half a dozen people become precinct chairs at the executive committee meeting. And I was grateful to note that I knew at least two of them fairly well. And I'm very happy that we're getting grassroots activists reinvolved in the Republican Party. For better or for worse, that is the best avenue to affect change in the state of Texas at this time. But you cannot be passive. You cannot be pusillanimous. You cannot just refuse to stand for what is important. Now I realize that there are going to be people that join us that don't necessarily agree with me. That's okay. 
I'm willing to talk to you about your issue. I'm willing to see if there's some kind of common ground so that we can work on it together. I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt that you are interested in protecting liberty up until the point that I figure out that you're not. And unfortunately, that happens, even in the Republican Party. Yes, I know you're shocked. So what can you do? Get involved. I've talked about this. Find a candidate that you like, support. Give them money. Give them time. Black walk. Whatever. Do something for them. But more importantly, you have to be willing to show up. You have to be willing to go to these meetings, volunteer to serve, and honestly, for the first year, probably just need to listen. You need to watch. You need to figure out what's going on and who's the who and what's the what. Now, if you're like me and you've been at this for a while and you just haven't been going to this meeting or that meeting and you already pretty much got a grasp on what's going on, hey, well, then you can just disavow that part of my advice. But I don't think you're going to make near the impact if you show up the first day and start screaming at people about they're evil and they're doing the wrong thing. As a matter of fact, I think if you show up and you give them a reasoned question or a reasonable request or, quite frankly, praise them on something that they did well or that you agree with. I know it's shocking, but they do things good or right from time to time and they need to be told that. They need to hear that. That would encourage them to do that more. If all we ever do is show up and bust their chops for the bad thing they did, we've got to give them a little carrot to go with that stick. What to do. Then, if you do that for a while and you know who's who and what's what, then I would encourage you to reach out to that individual that serves on the board or that individual that's on the committee or that elected official and talk to them and talk to them and question them. I'm not saying that you want to necessarily make friends with them because some people you might not want to be friends with, but you need to have an open line of communication. You need to be willing to discuss issues with them. You need to be willing to take your concerns to them. If you have a relationship, they, they might actually listen. Now, some will feign concern and some might actually be convinced that I should look into this. That's a problem. I didn't realize that. I know maybe I'm asking too much, but this is the effort that it requires out of us. We need to be there. We need to show up. We need to put in the time. We need to do the work. And honestly, if you're not willing to do that, I can't help you. I'm telling you how to get what you really want. And it requires that you do the work. I'm telling you how we can prevent what we don't want. And it requires you do the work. Now, those in power, they like their power. They want to stay there. And they're going to tell you things that you want to hear or that they think you want to hear. They're going to do things to keep you pacified, much like what we do in the state of Texas at the state-level government. But the reality is we have far more influence and power by just showing up at every local meeting there is. Take advantage to be heard. Now, one last bit of advice. When you go there, and I will be free to admit, I don't always follow my advice really well. I get a little passionate from time to time. But when you go there, you need to be polite. You need to follow their rules. You need to address them properly. 
And you need to speak clearly and concisely what you want, what your issue is. And if you're telling them they did a good thing, make sure that they know that you're telling them they did a good thing. We have to be there. We have to be present. We have to let them know we're watching. That is how what we get, what we want. And I fully expect that the other people are going to show up and do the same thing. And you know what? They have a right to do that and we should encourage them to do that. And we need to look for the common ground. That's the only way we improve the situation. Now, don't be like a conservative and compromise away everything you stand for. No, you need to stand on your principles. But if it's not something that is a defining principle and you are agreeable to a solution that both sides win, that's what you want. Both sides should always be able to win. Take that half a loaf if you can get it. With that, my friends, this is According to Callus. This was episode 207. And I'm talking about giving the people what they want. I will see you on the other side.